Apologies about that. Uh, the reading this morning is taken from John chapter 12, verses 20 to 33. Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip, in turn, told Jesus. Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason that I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd that was there and heard it said it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus said, this voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Dawn, and good morning, everyone. My name's Andy. I'm the curate here at St. Paul's, and... As Jonathan said at the beginning of our service, today is Passion Sunday, um, and it's a chance for us to look to the cross before Holy Week starts. Next week will be Palm Sunday when we, uh, we remember Jesus entering into Jerusalem, and then Sunday after that, when we go through Holy Week, um, is then the resurrection, Easter Sunday. So now, to make sure we don't miss on a Sunday, really looking at the cross. That's what we're going to do uh, this morning. Let's pray as we come to God's Word. Heavenly Father, some of us have known you a long time, Uh, some of us just a short while, and uh, some don't know you yet. And we pray this morning that you would come and meet with us and speak to each one of us Uh, in the way that we need to hear you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to share with you this morning about knowing Jesus, Uh, because as we'll see from our passage that we've heard from John, that is, that's what the cross ultimately is about. It's about knowing God, knowing his son, Jesus. And there's a tension that's set up in our passage. 
there's this question, what does it mean to know God? What's the difference between seeing Jesus and knowing him and being known by him? And the text is kind of bookended with that question. At the start, the scene opens, doesn't it, with these Greeks coming and they, they want to see Jesus. They're asking um, to see Jesus. They're visiting Jerusalem. This is the, it's the, the time is coming for the Jewish Passover feast. This is the high point of the year uh, for the Hebrew people. And lots of others came along, sort of traveled in to see the spectacle and to seek God for themselves as well. And the words on the lips of these Greeks is, we would like to see Jesus. You know, hey, while we're in town, let's see the miracle worker. Let's see the prophet. Let's see this man who everyone has an opinion about, whether they love him or they hate him. And a classic Jesus response, (laughs) he says, no. No, they can't come and see me. And then he begins to speak to his disciples. He begins to kind of lift the lid. There's so much more going on here. Then if we skip to the end of our passage, the other bookend is Jesus saying this. I, when I'm lifted up from the earth, he's talking about the cross, his death on the cross, I will draw all people to myself. These these Greeks and others, and and here the Greeks are representing the world beyond Judea. You know, they're going to get something so much greater than small talk with Jesus. They're going to be drawn into relationship with God himself if they would accept it. And Jesus says, doesn't he, that um, his hour has come. My hour has come to be glorified something. It's a theme throughout John's gospel. It talks about my hour has not yet come. It's not yet come. Now it's here. Now it's happening. Kicks into gear. And um, he's talking about his, his imminent death, his crucifixion, and what he's come to do. In verse 27, a little bit later on, Jesus says this, it's for this very reason that I came to this hour. So if we want to understand what Jesus is about, if we want to know him, then we need to look to the cross. So let's do that um, together now. I'm just going to explore a couple of uh, ways in which the cross enables us to know Jesus. Really simply, first, it's what he's done for us. And secondly, it's because of what he invites us to be part of with him. So first, let's look at what Jesus has done for us on the cross. And this is, this is it. Through the cross, Jesus takes away the barrier between us and God. Uh, to, to try and put it in a nutshell, God is good and holy and true and real. And we, through our fallen human nature, we're none of those things. Uh, in fact, you know, as we go on our own way through life, we actually begin to wander away from God. And that means we're wandering away from that which is good and true and holy and real. We've all rebelled against God in the way we live. 
And, and God in the Bible calls this sin. Compared with the perfect goodness of God, uh, n- not even one person amongst us is good enough. Not even the, the nicest, kindest, gentlest person we know. Uh, the Apostle Paul puts it this way in his letter to the Romans. He says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Um, an illustration which is sometimes used is, um, imagine my left hand here. This, this is us. This is you. This is me. And up here is God. And th- through our life, through the, the sin and the brokenness and wandering away from God, it's like our sin becomes a barrier between us and God. This is what Jesus does on the cross. Jesus is here. He's my right hand. Jesus comes and takes that sin on himself, takes away that barrier so that we can be in relationship with God. This is why, just quoted from Paul in Romans 3, he immediately goes on to say this, you know, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. This is for everyone. This is offered to each one of us, Jesus on the cross. That is how much you and I are loved by God. Do you know that today? How deep has it sunk in your heart, in your mind today? It's something that is at the very heart of our faith as Christians. Perhaps it's something sometimes we can feel like we've moved past that. But there's always a deeper level for us to to understand, to know Jesus, to really know uh, God. And it's at this moment... You know, Jesus says, my hour's come, all of this, my cross is coming. He draws on the imagery of seeds and agriculture. And Jesus, he often does this because that was a really common part of uh, first century life, as it still is today. He says, says this in verse 24, very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat, a seed, falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. You know, when the time comes, seeds need to, they need to be put in the ground, don't they? They need to, like, it's like they die and they're buried um, in order that much greater life can come through. And Jesus is saying it's going to be the same for him when he goes to the cross. He's going to go to death. He's going to be buried so that multitudes would live, so that, that barrier gets taken away between us and God. We can be made right with Him, in relationship with Him. Now, I'm not much of a gardener. What I do specialize in is what I like to call destructive gardening. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm not very good at telling, like, what the weed from the, the knotweed. So, um, uh, so, and there is not weed is another weed, isn't it? The weed from the thing that you shouldn't be pulling out. So, I, so basically, if you want a place cleared, I'm also very stubborn, so I'll, you know, I'll, I'll rip out the ivy as, until it's completely gone. Um, so, so if there's a particular bit of 
you know, garden, I need to just clear, I can do that. <laughs> um, and I just, I remember vividly, uh, while at Theological College, Vicar School, good friend um, I'd made there, he, over one of the summers, he said, Andy, can you come around and help me? But the, the garden in the house he was renting was, it was nice, but it was quite overgrown. It, it needed some attention. And um, we spent days on this particular bed and just kept digging up. There were hundreds of these bulbs that, that um, were in this soil, and I kept being like, okay, I'm going to get every last one out. There were hundreds of them. I couldn't believe it, um, and just had to give up in the end, actually, being able to fully clear this thing. And these words of Jesus just came to me <laughs> as, as we were you know, sweating and digging and getting these things up. You know, how many of those were planted originally? Handful, maybe? And yet, through them being planted, this amazing multiplication of life um, had come about. And so this, this bed was just completely overgrown. Um, and there was no way of fully rooting that back out because, because those bulbs were planted. They could have been kept in the shed, could have been kept from the ground. But because they died, as it were, and went down, much life came up. And that's a similar thing that's going on with Jesus, his death on the cross for us. The Greek here literally says that if the seed isn't planted, it remains alone. It remains alone. If Jesus didn't go to the cross, um, then that barrier would remain and, and uh, we would be alone from God. You know, Jesus went to the cross, died for us, bore our sins so that we might be with him. So he isn't alone without us. So we can know God uh, for ourselves. Now, for some of us, this, is, this might be something that's, that's really new. Perhaps it's new to you. Perhaps you're exploring questions of faith at the moment. For some of us, uh, perhaps this has got, we're aware it's been buried under baggage, under the cares of life, under uh, other things. Uh, and if that's you, then here's the invitation. Let Jesus draw you to himself this morning. Let him amaze you with his love again this morning. So that's one way in which the cross uh, lets us know how we can know Jesus. And the second is this. It enables us to know Jesus in that he invites us to be part of reaching the world with this same multiplying, growing, amazing, liberating love of God and life of God. Jesus goes on to say, uh, verse 25, anyone who loves their life will lose it. While anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. There's a sense that we too, as those who follow Jesus, who know him, uh, are called to be planted like seeds uh, in the world around us in order to bring the life of God to the places around us. 
just important to say, when Jesus talks about hating our lives, what he's getting at here is, is our, that kind of self-centered desire to, to just live a comfortable life, to look after number one. Uh, he's calling us to a sacrificial living, you know, the giving of our time, our resources, our abilities to serve Jesus in the mission of God, to bring healing and to bring a knowledge of God and relationship with Him to the world around, to the people around us, to a desperate world that's longing to know Jesus. Um, another place where Jesus talked about this kind of multiplying power of, of a seed being sown is in a very well-known parable, one of His best-known parables, the parable of the sower. Most of us will know it, if not all of us. Jesus talks about, you know, the seed gets sown, some, some goes on the road, gets pecked up by the birds immediately, some goes on the rocky ground, doesn't have a root, some goes with the weeds, they grow up and choke, and some goes to the good soil, and it yields a harvest, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. a sense that as, as we who follow Jesus, we're called to that cross-shaped life, called to follow Him, be part of what He's doing um, in the world. I just wonder, how might the Lord be growing a harvest in your life in the places where you are, the context you are, your, the, the relationships you have, the, your neighborhood, your networks? We had a, a prophetic picture just before the service, um, which is slightly changing metaphors, um, but I hope you'll forgive me. Um, that, that apparently, there's a, there's a webcam where you can see, in Leamington at the moment, you can see these, these peregrine falcons um, in Leamington, and at the moment, they are sitting on their eggs, and the, kind of the word was patience. And I think there's something, perhaps there's something there for us. What's God seeking to bring about? What's He seeking to, to hatch, as it were, um, in our lives for His glory and to bring life, to bring relationships that, that others might know Jesus? Maybe we're in a, a time where we're seeing loads of that fruit it's coming up all around us, or perhaps we're, we're waiting uh, for it to mature and to come up. Um, in either way, the Lord wants to use us wants to, to sow us, wants us to, as it were, kind of die to self in order that others might come to know Jesus for themselves. So, uh, the cross is, is the place where we move from just seeing Jesus as an acquaintance to knowing Him, knowing Him for ourselves and knowing Him for the sake of others. What an amazing invitation we have from God want to come into land uh, by reading a few verses uh, from the Apostle Paul, from his letter to the Philippians. He's picking up on this, knowing Jesus, following him and really knowing him, and expressing his own experience of knowing the Lord. And, and you know, in that, just knowing there's so much more, he writes this in Philippians 3, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of His resurrection and participation in His sufferings, 
becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. On the cross, Christ has taken hold of us, offers to embrace us that we might know him. Those Greeks wanted to catch a glimpse of Jesus, but in a few days' time, in just a week's time, they'd have the chance to really know him. And may it be so for us, for you, for me, this Easter. I'm going to pray together in just a moment, so perhaps I can invite the uh, musicians to come um, back up. In a moment, we're going to share Holy Communion together, and at the Lord's table, this is you know, where we come regularly to remember and receive the broken body of Jesus on the cross and his poured out blood for us. And as we move into that time, we're going to sing the hymn, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. It captures the essence of the, of the cross, of the crucifixion, and Jesus' love for us so well, and, and these, has these wonderful words, uh, some of my favorite words um, of any worship song. See from his head, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love flow mingled down. Did e'er such love and sorrow meet, or thorns compose so rich a crown? Can I invite you to stand, and uh, shall we pray uh, before we sing this song, sing this hymn to the Lord, and come to receive communion? Heavenly Father, how we thank you for sending your son Jesus. Thank you that you loved your world in this way, that you sent your only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life, life knowing you. And Lord, you know where, where we're at, each one of us. You know our hearts. For those of us for whom this is new or it, it needs to become new again, Lord, would you just continue this, this Easter season, this, um, this passion tide into Holy Week, amaze us with the love of Jesus, and would we see, uh, would you see your love in our lives? Come, Holy Spirit. For those of us uh, for whom you're you're just really, there's a harvest growing up around us. We're being sown into the, into the good soil of your world. Lord, would you grant us the patience to trust you, the courage to step out for you, uh, the, uh, the faith to die to self in order that your life might be multiplied amongst us. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done, and we, we praise you now uh, as we worship you and as we come to share Holy Communion. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing together. <laughs>